everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Sever, and I am joined by Alex Lockplane himself. Hello, Alex. Hello. We are back. It is another week. Uh, we missed last week, basically, but that is okay because we have plenty of stuff that kind of rolled over into this new week with all these different things like the band announcements. We have some leaks of uh, a set that is not the Brothers War. Yeah. Which is kind of weird that we're getting leaks two sets out when the first one hasn't even started spoiler season yet, but whatever. It, it really feels like like we're like, like the calm before the storm. You know that meme with the guy I think it's like a tornado in the background. You're like, here it it's comes. coming. Yeah, here yeah. it comes. Yeah. It's like Yeah. And there's just Shieldrit and Urza and stuff whirling around in the background. <laughs> yeah, give us a give us a Shieldred reprint now. I want it. I just put her in the new set. As put long as in, it's not the Brothers leaked War. One. As long as it's not that weird spoiler. Oh no! Wait, we uh, now know that one's extra bullshit. What if? What well, if that it's one different set symbol? Is, yeah. What if that one is an actual leak and it's of a set we don't know about yet? And it's like a year from now that card comes out. We're like, oh shit! Pioneer Horizons. Fuck. I mean, it was right, so well, obnoxiously powerful that it would probably be in an Horizon set. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. It was what Ward discard two cards. And then it's like, oh you no, just that was the Shieldrit. No, I meant yeah. the. Oh, did I say Shieldrit? Yeah, you did. Oh, sorry. I meant the Elish Norn. I think it's like a three oh, mana yeah. two four, and it said whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, all creatures your opponent control with minus one, minus one. And it's like, you play one, raise the alarm, and your board dies. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem like it would be a card. Oh, that yeah. It should does, be printed. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's a different set symbol. So, yeah. We we know that it's this one's bullshit. The Elshnorn Legion Machinist. Yeah, but one just man, if you read this, whenever yeah, a creature enters so, battlefield under an opponent control, creatures that player control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Just be ready to not play creatures. Period. <laughs> yeah, this would just go in Azoria's control. Yeah, I was about to say this would be a blue light control staple. It, it'd be like that mermaid from uh, or the merfolk from um, uh, the. Uh, MH MH one or was MH two? Modern Horizons Merfolk that gets indestructible when you have this many oh, cards yeah, or whatever. That's just randomly played in control decks because it's good. Is it? In historic yeah, or sometimes. something. Oh yeah, yeah. In historic, absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I saw it in blue light control all the time. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. But okay, yeah, Elish Norn is not a card that's leaked yet, so I'm surprised that wasn't we got a bunch of uncommons and shit, but that that's fine. Neither here nor there. Let's go there. one step at a time. First things first, we have the overall Pioneer meta, which will lead us into the no bans. We'll get to that in a moment. The meta looks about the same for the most part. Um, though, remember, it's always hard to keep track of what's actually the real percentages of shit because we never will have access to that. So online on Goldfish, for example, it says Rakdos midrange is nearly 20%, 199 and then various, you know, Nykthos ramp is what they're calling it, but it's mono green variants are at 15.3%, then Abzin at 9 It's hard to say that that's actually the real thing. For example, um, there was a someone that tweeted, I don't remember who it was, but they're, they're uh, it's a team. It's like one of those grinder teams from DGO. And they're like, we have about 10 members, and over the last month, this is a, the um, entirety of about 1,400 matches played. And they've been tracking their opponents there on their own, and they there. It's only leagues though, 
from what I from what they said. So take that's another grain with, thing of grain of salt. But it was about eleven percent Rakdos, ten percent mono green, nine percent like other stuff, and then like twenty something percent other. Um, yeah. So like, who fucking knows? I will um, say my local metas. Uh, there's like. I found a new... St- well, I rediscovered a store. So I basically have like a third store to play at, which is pretty dope. Like, I find- It's like finding a... And they literally play Pioneer every week. So just like finding a wallet with money in it, but then the Magic Edition. Um, but my local scenes is like all mid-range piles. It's not like just Rakdos. I've had Mono Black, Orzov four color domain well five color domain but with like one triome for blue uh just mid-range pile after mid-range pile like i've played mm. against so much mid-range the past few weeks it's kind of nuts i mean speaking of mid-range there's one standout deck i want to talk about uh which was in one of the recent challenges uh it was this last saturday or sunday um it was a Gruul midrange deck by Marco Shadow. When eight and one got second place, and running Gigantha's companion, your eight elves between Mystic and uh, Land of War, four Skews, four Bonecrusher Giant, four Left Strike Beasts, four Reckless Stormseeker, four Strangle, four Seekers Chariot, and four Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. Twenty-four Fucking lands. Gruul just, vehicles. Yeah, it is just the most four of deck you can possibly have. It's it's just it's very clean looking. Got second place, went eight and one. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, I know yeah, Doom Lake played it, and uh, I yeah, I think this deck is really cool. Uh, I, I like Stormseeker a lot. Oh, it's a deck um, with four Nessus defeat in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah. I, apparently, the four Nessus defeat and the Akron War is just your cards against uh, what's it called, Mono Green. I mean, destroy you... target forest is kind of cool because they tend to throw their enchantments on forests. Oh, my opponent yeah. can't destroy those. You're like. Can't I? <laughs> you sure? Um, so yeah, being able to do that is pretty cool. Uh, I think you just side out what? Asika's Chariot seems kind of bad against Mono Green, doesn't line up with anything, and then what? Uh, Scoos? Yeah. I know just, you can yeah, take, take out Storm, but yeah. like, when they're casting no, their yeah. Storm from the graveyard, yeah. That's pretty bad. So yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah there. there's eight cards right there, you bring those in. That seems pretty dope. But yeah, this this deck is really cool. And it just kind of continues to show what we already knew a little bit about how, like, the uh, the impact of uh, getting the Painlands have been. Um, people have been messing around a bit more with, like, Gruul stuff and seeing a Gruul midrange list. Um, with I four this... Mutavolt. So it, can yeah. now, it now supports four Mutavolt in its list, too, because the mana is just combat. This is obviously a little less green, heavy, well, color heavy than a lot of Gruul decks are. So mm-hmm. there's that. Like, this probably already worked mana-wise, but now it gets to run 4 Mutavolt, which is obviously a huge boon for a deck. Like, a run 4 Mutavolt. Yeah, there's no double pips of any color. That's, that's really big. Yeah. And also, you're already playing 8 Elves, so that helps kind of, uh, you know, make your uh, mana a bit easier to be able to play those utility lands and mainland stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think this is a deck that's probably going to be uh, tweaked a bit. I really, really doubt this is the final main deck that you would land on but i also don't think on. this is the deck that's going to flip the meta upside down no 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 no. but it like, could it's be a got a, it's interesting it's got a good rakdos matchup that's like what its design is yep but i don't know if it's got many other great matchups 
Like there's it, it stuff did, there. Scoos for Grease Fang and like your mono green. You've got a lot of sideboard for mono green. So it's very teched out, which I do like about it. Yeah, it lost to uh to mono green. Um actually in that same challenge, there was another copy of this same deck. That went nine and oh, got fifth place. Oh yeah. So I mean yeah, if you want to, I just wish it was called Rakdos, I guess. Gruel vehicles. Yeah, but I think mid-range, it's because mid-range is such a boring name for a deck. It really is. I kind of wish we would start giving decks cool names again. Like this is very clean, especially when you look at results. Um, you know, and back it back 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 in the day, when decks were named, some of them got horribly offensive names um but like cheerios ponza like Mm -hmm. i kind of wish we had like more cool named decks but pioneer obviously just came around which was by the way exactly three years ago as we are recording which is happy birthday dope um we didn't really like I, I had seen it coming for a while, but just given all the stuff I've been busy with in YouTube, we haven't really thought of like like a birthday episode. It's hard. It's like what what do you what do you talk about? Like just like reminisce on the uh, old uh, pioneer. I think that's probably and stuff. probably a better one to do for like the podcast anniversary episode. Yeah, which we already passed that this year. That was back in August. We are so good at keeping track of things. I mean, granted, the fact that Pioneer's three years old already is just mind-blowing that it's been three years. Yeah. But anyway, back to talking about Magic decks. The one Um, thing I always take away from this that we talk about every single fucking week is that you can play whatever you want. Truly. Like, I'm not going to lie, Alex. If I saw this deck before like the gruel mid-range deck the gruel vehicle deck basically on paper it looks bad it just it looks like a deck that i would make at 2 a.m because i just want to play something different than rakdos because that's what i'm playing a lot and i'm like this seems fun and like there's no fable in this list and you're like it's a mid-range deck with no fable it's that's wrong it's bad this is a bad deck but it does well like there's chance this should run fable (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there is. But giving your love struck beast haste is kind of cool. Um, well, both your vehicles actually, are legendary, so that's also a bit of a. There's nothing like inherently unfair to like copy here. There's no like blood tithe harvester for removal or um, mayhem devil malarkey. There's just copying a love struck beast and attacking with a five five which is obviously still crazy but i do like the idea that you can um like if you have reckless storm seeker out i mean you do need another couple of creatures or whatever or like a maybe like a scooze that's been pumped once or a bone crusher or something or a love struck beast but if you have a reckless storm seeker out you can like drop down your sky sovereign and then crew it and then give your sky sovereign oh, you haste. literally only need a dork on top of your storm seeker it's yeah, true. Exactly. You just it's three. crew it with the Stormseeker and the Elf, and then you give it haste. Yeah, that's I've seen that interaction too. Like I think when Doomwake play, it was really cool. 
Just give your boat mm. haste, just three, three to something else, or like double up on a shield it. It's just weird that we haven't gotten like we haven't gotten any other real great vehicles. I know we talked about like in Kamigawa, like and you've fucked around with like the Azorius uh, vehicles and stuff like that, and I still think it's a really cool deck and it can be good. Um but it feels like we haven't gotten any like just blanket good vehicles that you can just play in a deck that isn't yes. a dedicated vehicle list. Like Sky Sovereign and Chariot are basically the only ones. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like Well, I'm back weird. But you hardly play that as a vehicle and you just play it as a very slow draw three. Yeah, it, it's like a it's a tome bound whatever that can be a vehicle. Essentially what that card is. You mean uh, Maze Mind Tome? Maze Mind Tome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I want to see more vehicles, but I, I, it's also tough because you don't want to see a vehicle that's super powerful that just is like like a smuggler's copter type of, type of deal, right? Yeah, Where I think just that's just the reason why they're so hesitant on them. I think the key to that is to make them, cheap, make them expensive. Or colored. Because at least a yeah, Seeker's Chariot is colored, right? And it's... But a Seeker's Cherry is a reason to go into green if you have the interest in playing something like that. Like Abzan Greasefang. Quick aside, real quick, I want to complain about this. I saw a thread on the Pioneer subreddit. Someone was saying they, they just played a Mardu Greasefang deck at their FNM. They did really well. They went undefeated. And they're like, why is this not the version played anymore? Alex, do you remember months ago when Greasefang was like the deck? Uh, out of Kamigawa and it was like it was all Esper and Mardu and I was the only fucking person seemingly saying that I think Abzan's the best one because Grizzly Savage and Seagus Chariot and shit. Me like, too. Yeah. Because I thought and, Chariot was too good. Yeah and everyone's just up. like no 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 the plan B isn't as good like it's so much better to be playing like the control variant you could play Wandering Emperor and stuff like that and Mardu's just like you have like kind of like a pseudo Rakdos mid-range fallback with like Fable and stuff. And that thread, everyone's going like, yeah, Abzan's the best version. Abzan's the best version. I'm just like, where the fuck were you five months ago? (laughs) I don't believe you that you've always thought that. Yeah. I always thought the Asper version was shit. Yeah. Yeah. But though the, um, it did have the, the draw to it was you have one of the most powerful draw cards that there is, right? The, the thought, uh, what's, what's it called? The, um, Three mana, draw, three, discard, a artifact Oh, card. Thirst for Knowledge. Thirst for Knowledge, yeah. Like, that was the whole point, right? Yeah. But yeah, no no one... Everyone's back on Abzan, and I think they should be. But a Seekers Chariot, to that point, is like why you want to be in Abzan, because you have a great plan B of like, hey, I didn't hit Parhelion, but repeatedly bringing out a Seekers Chariot over and over and over and over again and making fucking four power worth of cats every turn is good enough to end games oftentimes because it's just you're just flooding the board at that point um because i mean the turn it comes in if they don't have removal for the uh the 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 chariot you get three cats right off the bat and then if they do remove it then you're just going to reanimate it again and get another two cats so like that's so I want more cards like an Asegas Chariot, like that, those kind of vehicles, 
um, which, you know, we saw with like the Modokai uh, Soul Ripper, which we thought would be kind of good in, or could be good in like a mono black aggro kind of list, but I haven't seen anyone try it. I haven't seen any streamers really try it. Even when it came out, I didn't see it. So like maybe that's a card that people haven't given enough thought. Like maybe like a Rakdos Blood version like deck that we used to see could make use of that kind of card. So you mean like so, not, a, not a Grease Fang deck then? Just like no, 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 no. A deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like as a value card is what I'm saying. But then it's hard because, like, if you go into that, I, I don't know. But anyway. And maybe with Brothers War, we can get some unearth cards. Don't mind second those. Yeah, I would I would be a fan of that. But yeah, the, you still see a lot of the same decks. Obviously, the, the top three decks are still Rakdos, Monogreen, Abzan. Mono White Humans has definitely popped up a lot more. I think Mono White Humans is a very good deck. Um, yeah, you being an, an, a pretty avid humans player outside of playing Grixis, do you think that's the better version of all the, all the human lists? I think what I like about it is its consistency. Like the um, the four color versions, they have a lot of cool options. But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like the best plan is to just kill your opponent. And the mono white version is way better at that. When with the band one, you're... you're messing about with like reflector mage and you've got like some tech cards in the board and it's like i don't know most of the good cards are just white like i almost wouldn't mind splashing green just to put collected company in my deck Mm -hmm. uh, potentially but the mono white version is just super clean and you get access to mutavolt uh which i think is very strong and brave the elements is an insane brave the elements is very good but to be mm-hmm. honest, uh, most of your humans in band or four color are, they're basically all white. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um, the low curve together with Brave, I think makes it very good against mono green. Like way better than the other decks. Because then you're just like, are you like bouncing a cavalier or something? And it's just, no, I'm going to build a board. My opponent's going to dick about for a bit and put like a troll and two cavaliers in play. And I'm like, okay, cool, pro green, you're dead. You know what's interesting? You know what decks climbed up the uh, ladder a lot in terms of percentage? It's Bant Spirits. Yeah. One thing I still want to touch on with humans is that another point, I think, Mm -hmm. is that I do think that for color, even though it's got Mutavolt Mono White, I'm not sure which one is better against control. Um. Because there is a lot of benefit to playing band. Because with mono white, you are kind of just running your head against the wall, and if they cast a sweeper, you probably lose. Um, yeah. And band just sheerly through collected company and like having just some more value in the deck, even if you're running a card like Mantis Rider, I could see there being like an edge against control, but there's just not a lot of control right now. So. Especially because, you know, Rakdos midrange, mono green, um, and Abzan, just because you can race them a bit more effectively. I think mono white is a bit better against those three, and given that they are the three most popular decks, I would just be playing mono white. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, there's still Azorius control, but, like, that's... It's Even not like it's, it's not, like... Yeah, it's not like a top player. It's there. It's there. It's good. Mm. Right, I'd have a plan for it, but I think out of mono white, well, just beat them down and otherwise mutavolt beats. I think is a sufficient game plan. 
and you to play make that matchup Thalia. work. So yeah, like, exactly. You play Fourth Thalia, you've got Mutavolts in your deck. You you have a solid control plan. So even though you might get a few percentage points out of playing more than Mono White for the control matchup, I I just wouldn't bother. Also, just easier to play Mono White, which definitely like helps. Yeah, you you're always play cards, curve cards. out, get them dead. Right? There's just there's just few opportunities to mess up, and also collected company is you know if you whiff on a Coco, you probably fucked in a lot of matchups. So That's why true. risk it? Just play the cards that are in my hand. I know the cards in my hand are good, so I'm just going to play those rather than spin six cards off the top and find a Reflector Mage and a and a Kithian. Yeah. But then, like I was saying, the other tribal deck that's popping up again is Bant Spirits. Um, more so than Monoboo Spirits now, which is interesting because Monoboo Spirits, the whole reason it came up in such high prevalence about a month ago, two months ago now, um, was because of how much you saw Mono Green. And with Mono Green still being a huge player, I find it interesting that Bant is the one that's coming up more again over Mono Blue because Mono Blue has a better Mono Green matchup. I would guess Bant is better against Grease Fang and Rakdos. Yeah. And that's probably the reason. I think like the Coco, a Coco deck is just better versus Rakdos, you know, the infinite one for one deck. So you want mm-hmm. to be running two for ones. And I can imagine um, if you go into white, I mean, you see it here in the, I just pulled up a list from the challenge by. Phase M, you know, Sky uh, Spell Queller can be very effective versus Grease Fang because if you exile the Grease Fang, you know they can't even do the can't stay away nonsense. Same thing for Skyclave Apparition. Um, you can run. They even I see here uh, Cemetery Illuminator is some potential graveyard hate. Uh, Remorseful Cleric yeah. is a good way to have some graveyard hate. So I think, like I know people often like the the meme has always been to shit on white. But white is honestly a very good color. And it's mostly just because white has so much, like, removal and stacks. And these things can just be, like, very powerful in a deck. Like, just rest in peace is just a very good card. Deafening Silence can just single-handedly win you games versus certain decks. And white can be very good at that. It has some real nasty cards. I mean, have you ever resolved a Redain versus a deck, that mono-red deck, that's basically like all one-power shit and one-power pings? You just play a Redain. You just play the backside, you just win. Game over. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I really like Spirits. Um, I, I currently have the mono-blue Spirits sleeved up at the moment, and then I have three-color... I have Bant Humans. Um, I don't know if I'd want to switch that around again. I'm a little surprised. I mean, maybe people have tried it and it's just bad. Um, Mono Blue Spirits has very much... It sounds weird. Mono Blue Spirits has very much become Mono Blue Spirits. But before, I felt like it was Mono Blue Tempo with a bit of beatdown. And it's much more become like an actual Spirits deck now. Where if... uh, I saw one list. I don't know which one it was. This was by... um, I think this is the Sunday challenge. Saturday challenge, I think. This Sunday. Uh, Saturday challenge by uh, Sinistar619, playing Mono Blue Spirits. 
And obviously, you have some interaction out of your spirits, your Mausoleum Wanderer, your Rattle Chains. Um, there's a Brazen Borrower in here. But their instance is two Fading Hope, three Slip Out the Back, four Geist Light Snare. Yeah. And like that's just like, it's not really mono blue tempo with a bit of beatdown anymore. Like it's turned into more of an aggressive tribal deck. But now with combat research, I'm interested to see if you could just play mono blue tempo. I'd probably still be on some spirits stuff, right? Still having your um, rattle chain, supreme phantom stuff. But I would probably be on a bit more counter magic, a bit more um, tempo-y. Maybe you do squeeze in like a siren storm tamer here or there. Uh, to have another way to interact with removal. Now, I'm interested in like how that deck would perform right now. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's one of those things where it's like it's hard, I think, in a lot of people's minds to justify doing that when you have such a nice uh synergistic deck that es essentially accomplishes what you want to do with the Monobu Tempo deck, but having that I, I want I don't want to say plan B because it very much is part of the active game plan, but you can just fall back on just, like you said, beating down with having a spirit synergy with the lords yeah, and like, stuff. You need fewer pieces of interaction if your opponent dies sooner, mm -hmm. right? So, like, I get no, that. But, but trust me, the... I, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat, because, like, how many times have we, we talked about, like, you know, like, off, like off cast and shit, where I'm like, man... I want to try a Monobu Temple deck with that fucking octopus, dude. Like, now we don't, don't need you to. You don't need the octopus anymore. No, because no, now you have the, the the research card or whatever, the other one-drop uh, enchantment. But but maybe, yeah, maybe that would be a better way to go about it. Um, like, I, remember that standard where like you, they even played, like, a Kite Sail, uh, whatever, the, the blue one. The blue one that, like, you give... Whenever attacks, you give target creature... It becomes an O one for rest of turn and loses all its abilities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, I think that's a cool one. I just wish it had like flash or something. Like that would make it so much better. But like we can't, we can't give everything, uh, give everything flash. flash. Yeah. Did you see um, Doomwake play the uh, mono blue? Uh, te uh, not tempo, mono blue uh, devotion deck. Yeah, that deck was so cool. Like I, I will say, such a huge I think he it. played four. Match uh, in his five matches, I think in four matches he had at least one game. I think sometimes even two, where he kept a seven with a leyline of anticipation. And I'm like, yeah, then yeah. this deck looks cracked, right? If you just right. do that all the time. But I do think the deck looked super sick. I love Academy Lore Master. What an awesome card! Yeah, and then the new Defiler, the blue one, seems yeah, really that one's good. pretty sick too. Um, you don't have to go all in on Gadwick. You, he still played two of them, which I think is correct. But yeah, that that's another deck that's super cool. Um, Fast Oracle like, for value. Right? Who would have thought? Yeah. He didn't win a single game with Thassa's Oracle. It was all Master of Waves. Thassa's Oracle, look at the top seven. Pick one what of them. Rest goes to the bottom. Whew. The, the the fucking turns where he does that and he has like all this devotion, he plays Thassa's Oracle and he's like looks at the top seven like you said and he's like, I don't think I want any of these. <laughs> what a world where you can bottom seven cards. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's fucking insane. But that kind of goes into like the idea of like, I guess we can talk a little bit about the ban. We can kind of use this as a way to go a little bit back and forth on the meta and like the, the ban announcement or the lack of bans. 
because decks like Monobu Devotion are why I'm not in on the idea of banning Nykthos. Because that, that deck uses Nykthos, but it's cool. And it doesn't seem obscene and like make you want to pull your hair out when they do stuff. You're just kind of like, yeah, that's that's a cool deck. Um, but of course, we know that <clears throat> if you're listening to this, you should know by now that there was a ban announcement. And we saw it was uh, October 10th, so a little over a week now. And we saw the whole people did the thing of like, you know, their weekend check of like, is there a, a, a hidden page that you can't see yet for a ban? And there was. Cool. And of course, the <clears throat> the uh, speculation went wild of like, what in Pioneer's going to get hit and stuff like that. Um, and I was kind of like sitting there going like, there's no way this is a, a Pioneer ban. It's just, it's going to be modern or maybe standard. Like that that's what I was thinking the entire time. And look at that. It was standard and modern, no Pioneer. I, I'll touch very briefly on standard and modern, just say what got hit. Uh, Mihook Massacre was banned in standard because... Uh, X black deck or just mono black decks in general and standard are like the best things you can be doing. So I listened to MTG rants, by the way. If you want more mm-hmm. in depth about the standard ban and even about the modern ban, because we'll skip mm-hmm. over that. They had an episode on it this week, obviously. Uh, I think all Ross's takes on the bans were just like 10 out of 10 uh, mm-hmm. in modern and standard. Uh, basically brought down for a lot the standard one that like this is a bad ban. It's like a tone yeah. deaf ban. Where just like this doesn't actually solve any of the problems, uh, but yeah, as like to why, to you know, won't spoil anything. Go and listen; it's a really good listen. Even if you don't play standard or modern like I do, just like the like sort of deck building philosophy stuff that goes into it, super interesting. So, and it's not even that long. If you, I think it's like a one-hour episode, and they spend thirty minutes talking about other things. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they spend a bit talking about baseball too. Yeah, <clears throat> like they always. I'm pretty do. sure they did. Especially because playoffs are going on right now, and uh, Tannen's uh, Braves got knocked out. So nice. They got the World Series last year. He can be a Shrug. Rays fan and just you know, <laughs> Rays got knocked out. I was just kind of whatever. And then the guard, the Guardians got knocked out anyway. And I was like, fucking whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> the other thing in modern was that Yorian got banned. No more noodle. Cool. Now. The four-color money pile is probably going to be a better deck because now you get your Ren and Sixes on turn two more often is my initial take on that. But what do I know? It's modern, not Pioneer. But Alex, there were no bans in Pioneer. People speculated Karn, Nykthos, even going as far to say maybe something from Rakdos midrange needs to get banned. We talked about that in our last episode about mm-hmm. Fable the Mirror Breaker, whether it's the hero of Pioneer or the Menace. I still stand by it being the treasure map of Pioneer, of ho- the glue that holds bad midrange decks together. I don't think Rakdos is a bad midrange deck, by the way, but I think it's a phenomenal deck because of Fable. It would still be good without it, but it, it's really what is the driving force of the deck. But Alex, there's a little segment where they explain why there's no bands of Pioneer. Why don't you go ahead and read that out for us and tell us why? Can you send it to Nothing me happened. Quick? Oh my God, you you are the one that's unprepared for once. I know. I can't believe it. I was about to look it up. I was like, what was it? Was it like a fifteen? There you go. There you go, buddy. There's the link. Thank you. Thank you. I'm All the right. one that's actually ahead of things for Pioneer. once. It's amazing. Overall, Pioneer looks to be in a good place as we head into the regional championship qualifier season throughout November and December. 
We're seeing a wide variety of strategies employed by the most popular decks. The most played deck in Magic Online is Ragdoll's Midrange with about 13% metagame share. None of the top 20 played decks have a non-mirror match win rate of more than about 53%. In general, we've heard a lot of positivity from players about the state of the format. We'll continue to keep an eye on the health of the format, especially as it undergoes more competitive pressure with the regional championship qualifiers. As things currently stand, we don't anticipate any changes before or during that season. Now, I think half of this is like, even if they believe that something would have to go, they don't want to stir the pot, right? Right before, um, uh, right before we get into the uh, qualifier season. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case, where they internally they're like, mm, maybe we should, but you know. People bought into mono green have been testing it, and now like two weeks before the season, the qualifiers start, you're gonna ban it. Probably not a good look yeah. on your format. Um, and they probably had to balance it against like the format might look stale on coverage. Well, they don't do fucking coverage anymore for anything, do they? But like the format might look stale if there's only a few top decks, but if you shake it up, people just too much, people just aren't going to be playing in the qualifiers, which is worse. But like, yeah, but and like their data is weird. Like, the data they've used in this is weird. Like, I think when they looked in Legacy, um, they reported, like, they say 9% of the field is, like, Delver, and on Goldfish, it's, like, 19 yeah, and they're like, "How on earth do they end up with nine? So like, that's they a bit have like the whole actual genuine meta, and we can't see it because again, the whole thing that we get with league dumps is if there is only a discrepancy of two or three cards between deck lists, they don't consider them to be unique. Yeah, but so... you would think that that means the data works the other way around because if a lot of people play Delver. And it's a similar mm -hmm. 75, you would only see one in the five O's, which should mean that on Goldfish there is fewer Delver than there yeah. would be in practice. So True. how do they end up with a significantly lower number? And that really like some people have joked, like I guess they take practice rooms into account. Um <laughs> but like maybe they do. I mean maybe they do, but that would honestly be a terrible metric to go off um but like so i don't i don't know it's been it makes it hard to like and that's the annoying thing because they don't give us all the data it becomes very hard to trust their judgment well to evaluate their judgment and it becomes a lot of trust me bro Because my again my local meta is just mid-range piles all over but granted my local meta is a very little mono green until i went to a store championship we'll talk about a bit later um and like i have not played a match versus abzon uh, versus grease fang in paper like i've played against it online i am yet to play a paper match versus that deck literally since kamigawa mm -hmm. so like local metas are already like hard to go off with these type of things too I know someone's building it, so I'll finally get to play against it. But I think Pioneer is fine. And like I said before, the whole preface of this is like, 
decks like you know mono blue uh you know devotion or like like big red um stuff like that where like they play nykthos for a more fairer type of game plan is super interesting to me and i find those decks to be really cool i don't want to see nykthos get out of the the format and you said this before our official start of the recording it might have been on the patreon version i don't remember um where you're saying that like Nykthos in comparison to Karn is similar to Expressive Iteration in comparison to Treasure Cruise. Treasure yeah. Cruise is a powerful card, but far more interesting and d- dynamic to the format. Where yeah, it's it's it much more iconic. Yeah. Where like Nykth- uh Pioneer is the format where you can play where you can still cast Treasure Cruise and Nykthos doesn't suck mm-hmm. and is actually good, which is the type of card that people really enjoy. Right, like it is just cool to activate a Nykthos for eight, right, and do wild shit with tons of mana. It's it's, it's just fun to do, right. The same as like one mana to draw three cards. It's just a really cool thing to be doing. It's very powerful magic. So, I do like bands. If we do bands that sort of like maintain these cards, now it can't. You know, if they ever get to the point where it's either ban Nykthos or Elvish Mystic, like ban Nykthos, right? Like there's like a point where it becomes too much. But for example, if they want to power down Mono Green, I think Karn's a very good ban, um, which keeps the identity of. I mean, you could say the identity is that it's basically a combo deck with Karn. But like be like storming the festival, untap your lands, play a bunch of big green dumb idiots very quickly. Um, it's still cool. It keeps all these decks like mono blue devotion alive. So I would rather see them work in that way. Um, again, it's gonna have to differ per deck. Like if Grease Fang ever becomes too good, do you ban Parhelion? Like, hmm. <laughs> like doubt. Yeah. So. I mean, that is the whole reason the deck is good. Not necessarily because of Grease Fang, but it's the Parhelion hit. If you have to, like, bring back Boat uh, and, you know, Asiga's Chariot, that's way more palatable as a, from a, you know, sitting across the table kind of thing as opposed to, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, not. Like, you would, um, like, in in Grease Fang, if you would, like, ban Parhelion, the deck just, like, dies basically, because, like, you don't have I, the, yeah, the unfair agree. thing. And, like, Grease Fang's not a good fair card. Yeah. With, yeah. If you ever Chariot, have to have your okay. opponent play it, but, like, turn three with no bring back. I, I just think it's fine. Like, all the decks are fine right now. If there is an argument for anything to get hit, I think it is Karn. Because it's just annoying. Um... But, like, I don't know. Pioneer's fine. It, it I found it really weird how people were just clamoring for even something as, in my mind, r- ridiculous as, like, a Fable of the Mirror Breaker ban for Rakdos. If your top deck in the format is effectively a Jund deck... I, I hate that argument. Like, I hate the argument that people go, like, well, it's Jund, so it's fine. And it's like, why is, like, does Junt just get, like, the get-out-of-jail-free card that, like, if you mostly... Like, again, for me, it's annoying because my local meta is so much mid-range that it just becomes a bit uninteresting. Because I play so much against black mid-range piles. 
Like True. I get thought seized in like seventy five percent of my games, which I'm not saying ban thought seized, but it just like it gets old. Um, you know, I, I think in like the past few months, like a, a good chunk of my losses is turn one thought seized, take your thing that answers graveyard trespasser, play graveyard trespasser. You don't draw an answer for it, die. But and is like, that because of the mid range deck being so fucking good, or is it because that an aggro deck? while it could get underneath Rakdos, just gets stonewalled unless you're playing a like tempo version of like a spirits deck gets stonewalled by oh yeah uh, like it, fucking like Rakdos Mondrain. absolutely fucking rolls aggro like so it's hard to interact to counteract it you need to be like on a combo thing which mono green is to some extent i think the lotus field Lotus Field probably has a good matchup for a zip, but bad against the other. So it's also just how it lines up, right? But for me, it was just the argument that people say, uh, if the top deck is Junt, that's always okay. Which I just think is such a weird blanket statement to make. I think as far as a like, meta meta's health, I think it's okay. It I mean, does if, it make for it's... an interesting meta if it's if it's if you, if like the top four decks are all mid range piles? No, but I don't, but we're not there. Is the point? No, but like you know, is it is a healthy is a healthy format not based on the enjoyment of the format too like and it's not just it and that's what i'm saying what they point out here now they also point out like we've had a lot of positive feedback about the format which why we don't want to change which is an important metric they again have a lot of information on those type of things too but just pulling out the numbers and saying well no deck has an over 53 percent win rate so it's okay is like a narrow way of looking at the health of a format but I'm I'm fine with no bans. Also, again, with the qualifier season coming up, I fully understand it because I don't think we're at a point where the meta like sucks. Like when when Inverter of Truth again, there's a lot of people said like this is a great format. Like no, but when Inverter of Truth and Sun Gun and those type of things were around, I was like, even though these might be able to be combated, I am just not having fun playing Magic right now. Mm-hmm. And when I play this format, can it get a bit old against mid-range? Yeah, but like, you know, whatever. I'm still having a good time. So I don't really need a shake-up. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't not gonna cry for it. I still have the hot take that I don't think Winota needed to go at the time when it did. Ah, mm. uh, I don't know. I'll be honest, I haven't now been looking at humans and non-humans to trigger her anymore, so I don't know if it's gotten better or worse. <laughs> Maybe there's some card in this the past two sets that like completely cracked for Winoda and I just haven't paid attention to it. So um, God, I, I just miss judgment. I miss playing Tolor Huntmaster. I miss that. I miss having a Grave Titan in the format kind of thing. Fair. They ever give us a good reanimation spell. Just give us the Titans. Just give us that entire no. cycle. Mm. Okay, mm. I know Amulet Titan is always the reason people will hesitate. Alex, I, besides I don't know what the hell Mono Green, like that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, what do you? What land is there? There's no Valakit. There's no. Um, I mean, there's no field. I mean, I'm hesitant, dead. but not hesitant because I immediately think it's broken. But I will say. People like bring back the Titans, and this is like the point I had too when we got Liliana. And um, Liliana is obviously part of the reason Arachnos is good, even though it's quite often like a two off or a one off in lists now. It is 
a boon to Rakdos. Yeah. And I think also it is lower in numbers because Rakdos itself is very popular and it's not a very good card in the mirror. But like if your opponent's playing it, well then you don't have to play it. Like to some degree. I think um, Lily's good. I think yeah, I think Shielded is the best card in the mirror and Fable is the best card in the mirror. Um yeah, but I think the same even thing, like Bonecrusher Giant, side out, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, stomp, yeah. stomp your, um, you know, and engrave, engrave your trespasser is another two for one. Yeah, like Bone Grusher Giant is a two for one, and Lily, unless you manage to alter or plus her with an empty hand, Lily is like the fairest of fair cards when it comes to like card advantage. I will say I play almost exclusively Rakdos mid range at the moment. Um, Liliana is a, I think, a really good card in the mirror if you're on the play. It's a card that's very easy to side out if you're on the draw, yeah. but on the play, I bring I her just back pressure. in. Yeah, because like if that that those turns where they go turn two, like Blood Dive Harvester, and you're like, yeah, cool, turn three, Lily down tick, and then now I have you you need to like basically have that awkward position of dread boring on turn three or stomping on turn three, my Liliana, and then I can start throwing up my hand. From yeah, there. and if they dread bore it, you play a shield it, and it's just like got another one. No? Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I get that. But the point I wanted to make is that and this is with a lot of cards. Now, it's very easy to go, I want this cool card in Pioneer. Because mm -hmm. it's easy to imagine, because there's like a card that's not legal that you enjoy playing, so it's like I want it in the format. You know, this is why a lot of people think like Liliana's awesome. Oh, I love playing with Liliana. And it's like I get it, but I do find it a bit boring. Right, and this is always like the the, the point I I've brought up with Liliana, and I've brought it up with other cards. Trends I basically always ground. bring it up when people say like, "Oh, what card would you want printed in Pioneer?" I know cool cards I want in Pioneer, but I would like to see them do a new take on it. It could even be a fairly similar card. I don't mind if the next core set has a cycle of five giants in it, mm -hmm. but it'd be cool if the giants do something else. Because yeah. it just makes it, like, more fun. Like, would I like Damnation as a generic form and a board wipe in my deck? Yeah, but maybe there is, like, some awesome four mana Rectos board wipe that, like, I don't know, like, it makes it one of those ping devils and then blows up the board or it hits Planeswalkers or, like, it. it I, don't, I have no idea what it's supposed to be doing. Those cards all sound incredibly powerful. But, like, something like that and I think it's way more fun to, in that way, do, like, voice what cards you want to see. But I hope they don't take that as, all right, we'll reprint them in the next set. But be like, hey, people like this design. What makes this design cool? And let's make something new. That can be, like, a kind of a callback, but I want to see new stuff. I don't want Pioneer to just be, like, cards that are cool in modern but aren't playable. Because then I'll just play casual kitchen table modern or whatever. Or Commander. Yeah. Because, like, it, cards it is, like Prime. Well, Primeval Titans is Bandit Commander, but, like, the, the other yeah. Titans. It, it is that thing of. Do you really want Pioneer to be 2015 modern? Because there is that. There is a lot of players that and, have and grown people sour that just on modern. Want that. Yeah. So I get and, that. And I, I'm kind of. I'm kind of in that ballpark a little bit because I find that play style of 2015, even though I wasn't an avid modern player at that point. Um, obviously I wasn't a modern, I, I didn't, I wasn't a magic player really until 2017, but that, that overall gameplay, I can understand even not having been that modern player. I can have yeah, that like rose tinted glasses stuff, towards like, Man, it. This looks awesome. This looks like a exactly. really fun format to play. Yeah. 
when you know when Siege Rhino is one of the best cards in the format, that seems like a fun format to play for a lot of people. So I I, I get both sides of it, and I definitely yeah. agree with you of like let's do something. But that's same thing with like saying I've said that about Smuggler's Copter. I fucking love Smuggler's Copter as a card. It is one of the most fun cards to play with, and even to an extent play against. But when you're when it's in every deck because it's colorless, it becomes boring and unfun for the format as a whole but if that card was double red as its mana cost for example i think it'd be a super cool card to have in the format it would give an access to like a mono red deck that we don't have and it's not being abused by every other deck in the format even mid-range decks yeah and and there's that's like a kind of like i mean now we're talking about card design but whatever uh a thing that i would i wouldn't mind if they did more often if you see a card and it's kind of obvious that it's a fixed version of an old card, mm-hmm. I was like, I wouldn't mind that at all, right? They would have did just... that with Liliana of um, the Four Drop. That was fixed Liliana it, the Veil, essentially, yeah, to a, right? To a large extent, it, it was similar to Liliana of the Veil, and like, I I don't mind that. Um, again, I wouldn't mind. I mean, it's probably a bit too on the nose if it's literally the same card, but just just like Smuggler's Copter, but it's red, red, right? It is a problem that you always run into because it's a paper game. Like what? in yeah, just make it in an online game, you errata this. You, you can't mm-hmm. errata Smuggler's Copter to be a red red card. But well, you can, but we're not Yu Gi Oh, so Magic yeah. players don't like. that. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not going to do that. It's fucking nonsense. Um, but it's a waste of cool design to be like, yeah, but we, you know, just ban it and don't ever use this design again even though we all know that it's cool design and fun to play with because it would be a feel bad that it's basically an errata now if we're turning three threes into three twos like that's bullshit right yeah but if it's a pretty sweeping like especially copter is just the best example where you can make a pretty small change on the card by making a double it red changes fundamentally it ha- yeah, how it, it works. fundamentally yeah. change how the cards work even though they look very different but yeah, saying Graveyard Trespasser is broken and then they ban it and reprint it as a 3-2, like, that'd be stupid. But, I agree. But there's, like, I feel like they can co- they can come closer to basically Aradine cards than they're doing right now. No, no I uh, 100% agree. Like, I, I would love to see them do that. Like, another good example would be Teferi Time Raveler. That is one of my favorite cards of all time to play with. I understand why it should not be in the format, and I agree with why it's not in the format, but if it was the same card that just said that static was on your... Yeah, either remove it all together or make it so it's only on your turn it's active, not the entirety of the game state itself, it is a card that would be fine. It would still be incredibly powerful to protect combos and things like that. Like, I like you'd play it in a lot of combo decks and like, like how it was before... But it yeah, wouldn't it make it so that like, even like if turning your opponent off, plays like, a card on your turn, it's one more. Yeah, like it, they they could do something like that that make it similar, and it would yeah, it would still be crazy, but not like. I didn't like the shit. historic version of it where they made it four mana. I didn't like that because then that just made it. I think in my mind a bad card. Well, it that, just made it again, bad. But if it's in play, you've got the same frustrating play patterns, so you just don't see it as often yeah. because it's bad. Exactly, but, like that doesn't actually do anything. Could have swapped a plus and a minus. That could have been a thing. Uh, the plus and the static, sorry. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that could have... Or, they, or, the, or the, the static could have been tied into the plus. 
as an extra thing that happens when you plus. So if you minus... Yeah. So it just wouldn't have a passive. It wouldn't have exactly. a static. And it's plus is just basically you now interact unfairly. Yeah, so you, 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 now you gain like... flash and they, they lose it for the yeah. turn. Or until yeah, your like, next turn. Like there's ways to do that. And then I'm honestly, I'm kind of okay. I could even imagine that they have like a core set where they just set out to do this. That'd be great. Where there's just like... I know that's that sounds a lot like a Horizon set, so I can imagine they don't want to do a full set of that. But I would totally be fine with, like, every core set, we get five cards that are basically erratas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that'd be fine. And then never print really them cool. at Mythic. Like, that would be a thing to do. Never make them Mythics. So they're not mm -hmm. like, oh, I have this 30-buck card I have to throw away and buy another 50-buck card. Like, never do that. Like, I would literally, like, make them uncommons. So they're like easy replacements for people to get, but basically make them around. I mean, even uncommons can go up to 10 bucks if they're good. So the only thing is you kind of in certain formats, it can make these weird problems for game state. Cause imagine they do that with like three fairy, right? For a corset and they do the fixed version that we're presenting and it's still not banned in modern. Now you can have an extra copies of like five and six of a Teferi that are still really good in the sense of how it's played um for those kind of formats but maybe that's a good problem to have i i don't i think it could be a problem but i don't think it's a big problem but or you can do it on a card by card basis i can i'm sure people can think of examples where cards were having copies five through eight even though if they're slightly nerfed would like be completely broken in modern and mm -hmm. they've said like we will keep eternal format balance in mind but you know smuggler's copter w is too good for pioneer and not playable in modern. So if you yeah. make red, red smugglers copter, well, no one's now going to be like, well, now eight copter is broken in modern. Mm -hmm. And it's like four copter isn't even good in modern. So how would eight copter right. be? Well, because it's considered whatever. Copter, I think, is exclusively very, very, very nichely played in Eldrazi decks where they need it to be colorless. So whatever. Yeah, you could do it on a card-by-card -card basis. I'm sure there are cards where this type of treatment wouldn't work, but I can also think of cards where it absolutely would. So I would just like to see them do that. Yeah, and if, if anyone listening has any suggestions for cards you want to see have this pseudo-errata uh, reprintings, uh, let us know. Uh, either tell us in the Discord or Drop it in the mailbag. That'd be cool. Drop it in the mailbag. That'd be kind of cool. And this is a great opportunity for you now to listen to our beautiful voices in a pre-recorded ad read. So enjoy that. So, Brad, if people want to support us uh, a little bit more than just listening to our episodes, where can they go? Well, they can go on Patreon, on patreon.com slash Pioneerspective. They get early access to episodes every single week. They have access to other tiers that allow them to completely suggest whatever topic they want for us to either have a segment or an entire show with, and other benefits like merch if they go higher in tiers from there as well. There's also Ink Gaming. You can go on the website for our affiliate link. They can either get stuff with our faces on them or they can get stuff without them. And either way, the affiliate link helps us out and helps grow the show. Another way to support us too is to check out our articles on playingpioneer.com. I have my uh, Grixis Grab series that I will write every set comes out and what cards are in my favorite decks. And I will also try and write other articles again soon. And you have your Like a True Pioneer series where you explore all different kinds of things in Pioneer, like trying to figure out the ascendancy cycles is always a cool one. And you also have our socials, which is, you know, also a way to support us by giving us some more engagements on the old Twitter sphere. 
they can find me at uh, Alex Lockthwain, and they can find you over at Bradsifer. And if you want to engage in us a different way, you can go and play Paper Magic with us and with other people over at the Playaway Discord server and hop in a league, find an, uh, just a regular looking for game tag, or also interact with us through the mailbag also a way to suggest episode topics ask questions which i want to give a quick shout out to card hoarder who uh, has allowed us to join in their content creator program which means that you know it's a bit easier for us to experiment with decks and try out new content and if you want to have any cards on mtgo try and use card hoarder i've already used it even before they got on the program easy to use good place to get your cards check them out and now back to the episode and now we're back to the regular show hello Hi everyone! I'm so happy that we we did that. Isn't it like, great? So we don't have to be so awkward. Forget that, that. The recording those was incredibly awkward for me. Like it felt so weird to say an ad reel into the void, but like, did you hear the uh, the final version again. of it that I put out? No, like on purpose. <laughs> I added some cool lo-fi in the background of all of them now. So Ooh, there's a nice little okay. Maybe yeah, that's nice, actually better. Nice little soothing music. It's not just like randomly like hi. It's it's a nice appropriate ad read. It feels like yeah yeah. Look at that. We did it. We're we're very official and, and professional. But Alex, you had a wonderful experience over the weekend. This week, last week, I don't remember when you said it was, but you played in Sunday. a store championship. Yeah, I finally Sunday. went to a Magic event again. It was like a like a non F and M event. It was great. Um, yeah, so I went to a store championship. Now there were only thirteen people. But I would argue that most of those players were very good players, and most of them were on very good decks. Uh, I had a horrible fucking start. So it was 13 players, five rounds, cut to top four. I started 0-2, and literally losing 0-2-0-2. So I was like, well, what a fucking day. Uh, First round against Orzov mid-range, where I got, I think, hit for 14 by a single Phyrexian missionary because I was busy fighting everything else. And then I died to an Obsidad, which I didn't see coming. Like, my opponent just straight up played Obsidad Ghost Council, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh! <laughs> like, Brian Brown doing, he'll be happy. Um, but that was, like, that was a pretty cool matchup. Like, um, it's a pretty powerful deck. It's similar to Rakdos Midrange, so also, like, fairly difficult matchup with all the value pieces i think in game two i got beaten down by a sarah paragon yeah sarah paragon because i could, didn't have a removal spell and i had a bunch of ground creatures and then i just got killed by a three four flying um second match was against mono green where i got fucking wrecked by karn like um they got the pestilent cauldron and they got back they just played it like a fair card so just, all right, get back to Fairy and Cavalier. And then we played like a couple turns, like some back and forth, dealt with some cards, and they're like, all right, now down take another Karn, grab it, do it again. Like, I was very good to that day at drawing a counter spell on the draw step after I needed it, I let a Karn resolve, because I didn't have interaction. Very good at that. Um, but yeah, so be it. Um, difficulty in that matchup is that I had... An opening hand, I think in, I, I knew they were on mono green. So in game one, my opening hand, I don't exactly know what it was. I think it was like, I was on the play, my mana was good. I think I even had a field, I had an Odawara, so I kind of had like a minor interaction piece. 
I had an extinction event and a torrential gearhawk. Now I know that's not a great hand, and in hindsight, I maybe should have mulliganed. But I was thinking, um, I have some more tools post board. This is very good versus like a cavalier draw, and I have a ton of interaction in my deck. Like I have a bunch of three mana counter spells. I have Maestro's charms. I have negates. I have make disappear sensor. If I rip anything for the early game, like. Uh, anything on my second or third, my first or second draw step, I rip any form of interaction, it'll bridge the gap. If it's a Cavalier draw, I can Extinction Event it, then have some catch-up, like, I can get there. They drew no Cavaliers, all Planeswalkers. So, like, the Extinction Event didn't do anything. Game two, same. Where I was just, I had an Extinction Event, I think I had, like, one or two counter spells. I countered some things, then I drew a bunch of Fatal Pushes, a bunch of Extinction Event, and they just played Karns to Fairies, Kioras, and I died. Mm -hmm. So, whatever. Third game, I played against humans, and I played against this person a week before, and I kind of realized, like, man, I do not respect humans enough in my deck. So, I already have two Extinction Events and a Shadow's Verdict post-board, and post-board, I add another Shadow's Verdict, a Meat Hook Massacre, and two Parasitic Grasp. And I, it actually got really close, because in game two... So I won game one, um, just their draw was a little slow, and I just like... Mm -hmm. And they had switched from Orzov, which was a pretty aggressive build, to four-color humans. So they were yeah. already a little slower, and I won game one. Game two, my opening hand... I think it was uh, something like two lands. So I am on the draw, but like two lands, but it was Fatal Push, Parasitic Grasp, Extinction Event, Shadow's Verdict, Meat Hook Massacre. So it was like, if I just draw a few lands, like I literally have like the everything. Like even mm. versus like that human where they can name a card, it's just pick your poison because I have three different sweepers in my hand. So please pick yeah. how you would like to not die, then one of the other two will kill you. But I didn't draw lands forever, but I did keep ripping interaction. So I drew like another Fatal Push, another Parasitic Grasp, a Make Disappear, um, uh, a Power Ward Kill. So I wasn't dying, but I wasn't drawing any lands. And then I think I have to shock in a land, go to one and Shadow's Verdict their board. And it got, like, so close. But won that one. Then I played probably the weirdest blue-white control matchup I've ever had. And not because um, because of their deck list. They had, like, a completely normal deck list. But that matchup is a really weird one. Because through cards like Dovin's Veto, if the game goes a bit longer, I always feel like I'm, like, really not favored. They have the castle, which can just annoy the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, they have a lot of draw spells. They have, like, you know, the Wandering Emperor, so they've got some flash threats, and then Dovin's Veto just makes it so hard for you to do things. And I was already 1-2. and two. I thought I wasn't running very well either, even though I won the previous match. I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'm just gonna let him have it. And I spent two games, because I won 2-0, literally just jamming cards. Uh, jamming cards and countering their card draw, which was a bit funny. So in game one... I think on turn six, on turn five, I think I cycle a Shark Typhoon, just start beating them down with it. On turn six, I just play a Gear Hulk with nothing. Like, there was nothing in my graveyard. But it was just, I'm just going to play it as a five, six, and I'm going to kill you with it. Because if this game goes long, I lose. I think they already had a castle in, yeah, they already had a castle in play. I didn't have my Field of Ruin. So I was like, if they, this game goes long, I'm just going to get buried. So I'm just going to 
you know, play my cards and get them dead. And that worked. And in game two, I thought seized them. And their opening, ha their hand was like three lands, a farewell, and three memory deluge. And I was like, this man be drawing cards. Um, Hold on, time out. Why did they keep farewell in? I, th I think probably just like, because I had the hoax and the shark typhoon that they saw. So I think they just wanted to keep in a catch-all. Maybe they didn't have like enough to board. Uh, but yeah. it ended up rotting in their hand till the end of the game. So they probably shouldn't have kept it in. But so I just thought sees a memory deluge. And the next turn, I thought sees a memory deluge. And then they start flashing them back and casting the other one. I just mystical dispute, mystical dispute, negate. I just counter all of them. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking their hand is really slow. So if I stop all their card roll, they're just going to have to rip off the top. And I had like a couple threats. Like I had a Den of the Bugbear already in my mana base. I think I had a Nicol Bolas the Ravager in hand. Uh, I had a, um, I think a Nicol Bolas Dragon God. And like pretty early on, I ripped like a Liliana Dreadhorde General, which yes, I do run that card as a one-off. And... So I was my logic was, well, if I just counter all their card draw spell and they just don't rip enough counter magic, I'm just gonna slam threat after threat after threat and one will stick. Yeah. And that worked, and together with Den of the Bugbear, which at one point I activated twice, which is a really cool trick you can do with Den. Mm-hmm. To um, get the extra token. Yeah, so I just got an extra token and I just beat them down, and the whole match took 20 minutes. So I went to get lunch. And I was just surprised nice. that a blue-white match took me 20 minutes. So that was another 2-0. So I was actually sad because my the two person the people I had lost to in round one and round two, I think they were both 3-0 at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so they were doing very well. And so my breakers were actually really good. So if I won the last match, who was against another person who was they were also playing for top four, I would have been in, but I lost, so I ended eighth. Uh, they were also on mono green. First match went pretty well. Had some good counter magic. Dropped a bolas early. Dropped another bolas to follow it up. Just like random over pretty quickly. Which is what I always like about Grixis and why a lot of people find it more sufferable to play against because it actually wins. <laughs> right? It doesn't like yeah. suffer your opponent to death. It actually plays cards to win the game with. In game two, I had another... Like, this is good against Cavalier, and I have two counter spells, and they played four Planeswalkers, and I lost. Um, and the third match, it went really well back and forth. I just drew a pocket of lands, and I got beaten down by a boat. Like, they played a Garn, tutored up a boat. They had three Lair of the Hydra, so they just kept going. Animate the Hydra for three, crew the boat, attack you with it. Did that four times, and I died. But, like, it was a pretty good match. It just got really close, like... My opponent was also like, how did you not draw like any interaction for this? And, and I just showed my hand with three fatal... Well, no, I had fatal push two of the lairs. And I had another fatal push in my hand. It's just like, I drew all pushes for your lairs, but you were just you just kept crewing this fucking boat. Which yeah. I thought was pretty good by them, because I think at that point they had the lands to make the lairs bigger than the boats. But they just kept... Uh, the first time, they made one small lair of the hide, like a 3-3. Three, three, and they spend their other mana to make the other lair just a 1-1. One, one. And they just went crew, boat, attack you. Um, I don't know exactly what it was anymore, but there was definitely like a decision for them between attacking with boat and attacking with Hydra, and they just kept going for the boat 
like evading my fatal push and my hand was just getting stacked with fatal pushes so that was like a good play by them too so i had a revolt enabler but the boat is fucking five mana so i couldn't kill it yeah i think that kind of sounds really awkward with the monogreen matchup or like if they just don't go with the creature stuff early on and you're like i have yeah. to deal with planeswalkers it makes it way tougher it's that like you you have opening hands and like extinction event is like a a very good catch-up card so you kind of hope they have like this old growth troll draw and i played against so i ended up playing five games against mono green and i think i have seen two old, old growth trolls in five games so it was just they had the planeswalker draw and not the old growth troll draw i'm pretty sure they also mulliganed because they, they were both very good players they ended up three of the players i played against were part of the top four mm. so you know, I had a bummer of a start, but the comeback made it, like, really exciting, like, that final match. And then I ended up losing. I was like, you know, I ran pretty hot versus blue-white, so, like, shrug. That's like with my first RCQ, where if I uh, if I won that last match versus uh, Phoenix where I was, when I was 3-2, because I started, started uh, yeah, I fell, I fell back when I was 3-2. Um, and if I would have won that last match against Phoenix, I would have snuck in a top eight as the eighth seed. Um but I, yeah, I played sloppily on that game. But yeah, th those are always, that's what makes Magic fun. That's what, like those those runs you can go yeah, like, on. After round two, I was really like bummed out. But I, I went with a friend and he was he was running super hot. Like mm. he uh, he 5 out the Swiss, but then got knocked out in top eight, uh, top four. But he was running very well. So it was like, we were driving together. I know he could have, he said like, if you want to go, I can take the train. I was like, nah, you know, I, I came here to play Magic. I'll just play Magic. Mm. Um, and then ended up still doing well, almost getting there. So I actually ended up having a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's the point. And, and I left with two spell pierces, and the promo is really cool. We even run that? Not at the moment. I've run it in the past. It's a good card if Phoenix runs it. I don't think in control it has a space at the moment because you already run quite a bit of restricted counter magic, like unless they mm. pay X. And if you overload your deck with that, you just you're a control deck that's bad at going late. Which seems like a deck-building mistake. Well, beyond your store championships uh, or your experience in that, we did get some other news in regards to, uh, you know, speaking that we talked about erratas a little bit, we did get actually a big sweep of an errata that updated all cards that have the basically the text of surveil without saying surveil as well as landfall now do those things which is pretty cool they uh morrow decided uh, said that they are now uh deciduous which is not quite evergreen it just means that it is a thing that they always make sure it is that uh keyword but and it'll come up every few sets not every set so it's not like scry or uh yeah, what, so like they, they don't design a ton of the cards in mind, but if they think like, oh, this this is Surveil, they'll actually name it Surveil. Yeah. Because and... they're both pretty common effects, right? Every time they allow you to look at cards of your deck, the question is, is it Graveyard? Is it, uh, is it Graveyard or is it not Graveyard? Uh, I mean, is it Graveyard or Bottom of Deck when they decide with those things? Same with land, yep. with, you know... Um, landfall is also like when a land enters the battlefield it's a very common thing that they do but it's hardly ever a theme yeah so this actually means that 
and I'm really hyped for this in Pioneer because one, I did an entire Like a True Pioneer article on this a little while ago. It was uh, not the last one. I think the one before that. It was all about um, Demir. And I prefaced it by saying Demir is a weird color combination in Pioneer because ever since Inverter, we really haven't had a true like Demir deck stick around the format. Yes, there's Demir Control, but it's not as good as Azorius. It doesn't pop up as much. And they're really and, and the other option really is like rogues. So it's kind of weird. I, I would want to see more Demir stuff. And now we maybe can with the surveil change. So pretty much all the cards that, like we said, said surveil without being surveil now have it. So things like consider, contingency plan, um what are some other ones beyond Sinister, those? Um, search for Asconta. Search for Asconta is another one. Uh Tigum Scheming is another one. Um, these all now, uh, even, uh, Erg spawn of Turg, uh, and otherworldly gaze is another one. Those all have surveil now. Whoever named that card. Thank you. So good. So these all have surveil, which means cards like disinformation campaign, Demir spy bug. Um, what's, what are some other ones? Uh, I think those are really the two main ones really for, uh, for like surveil matter yeah, stuff well, i think enhanced surveillance enhanced, enhanced surveillance is a really like powerful effect if you have it in a dedicated deck and i just think like these surveil payoffs like do i think a surveil deck is competitive probably not do i think you can take a surveil deck to a pioneer fnm now absolutely like thoughtbound phantasm is a one mana two two defender Whenever you surveil, put a counter on it, a 1-1 counter, as long as it has three or more 1-1 counters on it, it loses defender. Yeah, I think that card's awesome. Like, a 1-mana 2-2 defender, that's just like, okay, it's a blocker, right, whatever. Um, But now that you have better surveil cards, like consider being a good surveil card, like, hey, maybe we can now, like, make something work. Right, where we have a couple of new cards that work. Now, there's not a ton, but I think a card I'm especially interested in is that Enhanced Surveillance. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you look at two additional cards when you Surveil, and you have cards like Consider, turning Surveil 1 into Surveil 3 is like such a jump. Like, it just makes Consider a two-mana card, like, worth of value, basically. Not entirely, (laughs) but like, I don't know, 1.8 mana worth worth of card. Which is actually really powerful. And um, if you're thinking... I'm especially trying to think a little bit ahead. Because now that we get surveil cards, these cards are like worth remembering. And, you know, there there is a future where we have no, um, no delve spells. Or no, like, dig through time and that kind of shit. And then we're going to have to look... You know, I'm thinking from a control perspective. I have to look at a new draw engine. And a card that has always interested me is Thirst for Meaning. It's just a three mana draw three, but discard an enchantment. Well, if you run that, Enhanced Surveillance, Search for Ascanta, like, you're now, those Surveil cards, maybe there you run Consider to go with Enhanced Surveillance. Like, if search for, if you have Enhanced Surveillance and Search for Ascanta in, in play, at the beginning of your upkeep, Surveil three, like, holy shit, your draws are going to be great. Yeah. For the rest of the game. Maybe and you just, and like, also, don't you're turning on. Yeah, and it, but if you want to have to like turbo flip the search, you can 
in like two turns now. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and you've got like the the blood operative, you know, the three mana three one life link. Yep. You know, when it I think that's a really good you card. Exile dark creature card from a graveyard. So that's like pretty fine <clears throat> when it, it when it's in a graveyard. If you surveil, you can pay three life, get it back. That's like a cool value thing. Now that your surveil cards are more common and they go very deep. That also means it's more likely you will just surveil this into the graveyard without having to actually play it first. And then you've got like this value piece. So yeah, I think this is awesome. Very, very welcome and good change. And just allows Grim for... Grimflayer is another one that surveils now too. Ooh, Grimflayer surveils. That's cool. Yeah. So again, I don't think like these a cards are thing. all, all going to be awesome or something. But like, I think they're going to be cool. And something to keep eye out in the future and a fun casual deck. Also, Soltai Ascendancy now just says Surveil 2. There's another one. So maybe you can do like a Soltai thing with like Grimflare, Spawn a Turg, and like Soltai Ascendancy. And like consider um <clears throat> You know, and, and even know. the older Surveil cards that weren't worth it before might be now so if we're running a deck with the mere spy book and thoughtbound phantasm oh thought erasure might actually be okay to run because there's like yeah. more to it to meets the eye now even though thought erasure in itself might not be a very good card now that there's more synergy even these like fringe okay cards that already had surveil are now just better because there is a better like environment for them to be played in I've always thought Notion Rain was right at the cusp of being a really good card. And now that there's actually a payoff to it, um, or it, it's an enabler, it might be worth running as a couple copies. Because, like, yeah, three mana if surveil if two, you don't play draw thought two. about Phantasm, and then Demir Spybug, and you played. Uh, you could already do that. But the fact that that's now in a shell that, well, on the next turn, I'm just going to play Consider. Con uh, I'm going to, like, Sinners to Sabotage your card, Consider, and now, like, all my shit grow, like. Sabotage also has surveil, but like you get what I mean, right? Like yeah, I'm just a big fan of this. Um, I think I really think there could be something there in like the idea of just, I mean, in my mind, a tempoy slash control demir shell that is just trying to get value out of like because my in my mind my my initial thing was like. Yeah, there's Demir Spybug and Thoughtbound, Thoughtbound uh, Phantasm or whatever. Those are really cool card, our cards. But I was really thinking, like, you go Disinformation Campaign, Consider, and, like, Curate as another, like, two-mana. Like, Curate's not great, but Curate being a two-mana, you know, Surveil 2 and then draw a card. Just like a, it's just like a, a, just a slightly buffed, like, you know, upscaled, like, you know, Consider is good enough in a controlling type of shell where you're just really going like, I want to just bounce this information campaign to my hand and just get my opponent hellbent as much as possible, generate card advantage on my side, and then play like a threat. To, like I, I think you would just like play like something like Shieldred in that kind of deck. Because now you're drawing a card every time and you're gaining life. Uh, you're discarding stuff out of your opponent's hand. Now you're basically making it harder for them to have removal. And then... If they top deck removal, they they have to spend on that, but then you can keep going. Like I, I just feel like that's where I would want to be, and that seems like it could be genuinely solid, like a repeatable, consistent disinformation campaign alone is enough to interest me. 
in, in doing this. And I, I'm probably, and I haven't, all of my Demir lands are not sleeved up at the moment. I haven't had a reason to sleeve them up because I'm not that big on rogues at the moment or like Demir control because when I have Azorius control sleeved up. And this will probably give me a reason to actually throw something back together. Um, I really want to try it. I also think it says like two, one is a bit speculative, but well, they're both kind of speculative, I guess, about just design in general. First of all, now that they keyword <clears throat> surveil, like just the way the human brain works, they're going to design more cards with surveil, right? Yeah. Because like when it's the option, if they're like discussing a card, if the option is between does this scry or does this surveil, I feel like it's like a sort of like more, it sounds more equal. Yeah, and I can imagine a good designer choose. is a bit immune to it's like somewhat immune to that because they look a bit further than like words are similar, but like that could at least also just like encourage them to do that, right? Where they're just like, well, it might just be, you know, cooler if it surveils because of these older payoffs, and it, or it might be cleaner on a card like contingency plan. Just saying, surveil five. It's so mm -hmm. clean. Um, yeah, especially Lover if you get a are saying without... surveil three flashback surveil three again. Yeah, like, um, so it makes those cards less wordy. But I think the second, which I like, I'm like more of a fan of. I always feel like, and I know there's a lot of casual players for which this might actually be true. Um, I think this was an old server, but Maro said that like. 75% of Magic players have, like, no idea what formats are because they just, like, mm -hmm. crack packs and play at the table. Um, you know, that's especially, I guess, in the States where you buy them at, like, Walmart and stuff. Like, here you'd often already have to go into a Magic store to buy Magic packs, so I think it's less likely that you wouldn't know what a format is. But if you just, like, go into a supermarket and you can buy Magic cards there, I can definitely see that, like, being the case. But... Um, I always felt like Wizards designed like their audience is dumber than they are. Because sometimes you'd look at a set and um, which I'm, I I recall from like a long time ago that there was something about is that they designed this way where they keep the complexity of a set in mind. So if a mm -hmm. set has a has very complex, like one mechanic that's like really complex, then they will probably make it so that other mechanics in the set are a little easier. You know, this is how, like, cycling ends up in a set. Like, cycling is a very straightforward mechanic, same as landfall. Landfall is really straightforward. You play a land, thing happens. So yep. if you then have a really complicated mechanic, like, well, I mean, Ikoria, right? Like, mutate is a very complex mechanic. So it's smart to pair it with cycling, which is a very straightforward mechanic. So the set isn't, like, too overwhelming, but I always felt like they did that a little bit too much. And I'd look at a set and I'd be like, this, this doesn't strike me as like too complicated at all. And I think that's also the reason why things don't get keyworded as much. Because like, if you didn't play during Ravnica, you don't know what Surveil is. So if you're a new player or a newer player, then Surveil is actually new to you. If I look at a card and it says Surveil, that like costs me no brain power to figure out what the card does. Mm -hmm. But if you're new, you need to remember what that word is. And it feels like when they do this, then they like start keywording things that don't even show up every set again. Makes me feel a bit like maybe they 
stop thinking we're as stupid as they think they are. As they think we are. Like, they, they sort of think higher of the community. I just hope that, because I feel like, for example, Dominaria United, I felt like mechanics-wise, was a pretty, like, dumbed-down set. Yeah. Well, like, well, we got, like, Domain, which is not a very complicated mechanic. We got Kicker, we got... But then we got, like, Enlist. And then it's like, oh, Enlist is complicated. So it eats up a lot of the budget. And, like, I feel like there's more budget to make more interesting uh, mechanics. Because there's just too many sets. I felt like... I don't know, maybe I'm the only one in this. Like, I don't know if you've had this. I've kind of felt like this way the past few sets, where I feel like... Like, these sets are, like, too simple. Where it's, like... Yeah. Obviously, there are always cards like Fable that, like, everyone wildly underestimated. Like, all but, like, five people. So I'm not saying Magic is now a dumb, easy game. But I just read at, like, the whole set, and I feel like I get all these cards in one go, which I don't like. Like, I want to read a card and be like, wait, what the fuck does it do? And having to read it like four times to really grasp what the card does is something that I think is super fun during spoiler season. And I've had that less. Maybe I've just gotten better at reading cards or something. I kind of get that. Um, like I get it and I don't. But I'm also the kind of person that like I'm always happy that there are some more simplistic types of uh, mechanics because I like things to be a bit more palatable for new players because I want more people to play the game. But I also go back and think about when I first started playing the game and something as simple, <clears throat> even coming from an enfranchise as an enfranchise player of another TCG playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh like competitively and even playing somewhat competitively in Pokemon. Something as simple as remembering how power and toughness works in the sense of combat because, like, the way that I made it work in my brain is I would line up the two cards in front of each other and I would basically put an imaginary X crossing from power to their toughness and their power to my toughness. That's how I remembered it. But before I had that... I, I, I don't want to use the revelation because it makes it seem like it's something bigger than it's not, but that's kind of what it was, that epiphany to, like, make it work in my head a bit easier. It was really hard for me to remember that's how it worked in combat. I was always looking at power versus power and stuff. For, like, cause yeah, because you played Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I've played Hearthstone mostly. So yeah. it was intuitive for me because cards have power and toughness there. But yeah, in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Attack matches attack. So Exactly. So in that sense, I was like... there, And that's not the only thing. There, there are things that are much more simple to us now as in franchise Magic players where when we first started or for a lot of people that like start playing magic things that are simple to us are nowhere near as simple to them because like even like something like devotion i've had new players where i've had to explain devotion several times from get it because like and even something as simple as mana cost is hard for a lot of people as well when they first start playing yeah. how many times do you have to explain over and over again to green oh to... so you mean a green and a green no 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 <laughs> yeah to whatever or, and a green. or you're like this card costs and they're like, oh, yeah, this card costs what? Uh, like two mana when the mana cost is two and a red? Like, no, no, it's three mana. Why is it three? Well, because there's two of any color and then one red. 
well, what do you mean two of any color? Like, because like even that can throw them off. Like the numbers and shit. Like it's literally like the, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the meme. Yeah. Like the numbers. What do they mean? Um. So like again, something as simple or something as simple to us or any new or any existing players can be really thought provoking or confusing to 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 new players that come in. So yeah, yeah. I. But what I'm trying to think is like. Magic is already a really complicated game, and there's yeah. it's never going to be easy to get into. Now, that doesn't mean that we can just infinitely throw shit at people, because at one point it does get too much, and people are just like, yeah, I'm never going to be bothered to learn this. I mean that, like, like Enlist is a sort of what I would consider complex mechanic, mm-hmm. um, but, like, Dominaria could have had, like, an extra Enlist. Yeah. Like, in terms of complexity. Because also... Um, there are so many more resources out there to like learn how the game works. And now yeah. I understand again, if most people play at their kitchen table, they have less access to that. But even now you've got, you get like the, like the extra card. And instead of like an add on there, which you often have, isn't it in like double masters where they had like a card in it that like explained draft archetypes. Yeah, that wasn't a bunch. That wasn't more than just one set. It was, yeah, that was so, even so like, in, um, they had like new, that. New Capenna had that. Or when Mutate came out, which was like a mechanic the first time I read it, it's like, I'm sure there are 17 things I'm getting wrong about this. They just yeah. had a video explain it like really clearly. So they have more resources to explain the game. So I think that means you can ma- you can add a little bit more complexity to the game. Because you have like great resource to explain it. There's a bunch of content creators that make like really good videos explaining like new mechanics, new cards, um, those type of things. And I think they can utilize that by making their game a little more interesting. And all I'm saying is that this step with like surveil and landfall makes me feel like that's clicked. Yeah. So I'm just happy to see that. No, I get that. It, it, it's it's tough as like for game design how game design works from from magic's perspective or wizard's perspective i should say where they have to have that fine line of like returning mechanics that are easy to understand for new players but also mechanics that are new to enfranchise players that are that itch that scratch of being like something you want to learn again uh but not being overly complicated like honestly like mutate kind of was because there's plenty of people that are and franchise players that didn't like mutate because they felt it was needlessly complicated. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like, I was in that same boat. Like, even though I like complexity, mutate was just too much. Yeah, and, like, and, it, and it wasn't. It was like the layers. juice wasn't worth the squeeze, kind of thing. It wasn't even like a yeah. like a fun mechanic that like once you got it going, it was really cool and interesting. It was just more so like these. It's still not very competitive or good. So no that was the problem with mutate. Which yeah, it still is not very good. At, it wasn't even good in standard. Like the cards that like were like the best mutate cards, weren't even like played free. for their mutate. It was just they were just played as just cards, yeah, like gem razor and stuff. It's like yeah, it can mutate, but like that's like why a, would I do that? A, just like a feature. Yeah. Well, it was for a lot of people they treated it like, um, bestow. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, it was basically just bestow, but then with a hundred extra rules attached to it if you did it twice. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. All right, so, so moving Brad, on from for our last all that, point. we have leaks. Hooray! Now, 
I think I do, because we've had it before where during like a preview season, we do not talk about leaks. So I do basically want to be, this is like, there are a bunch of comments and uncommons. So I feel like we haven't robbed anyone of an awesome card. No, these aren't where, like, like cool. These are just like, there's just a bunch of like the few of the mechanics on them. So I do kind of want to set the precedent myself that we talk about these leaks if we're in all is one spoiler season and like someone like leaks the whole set or something, I'm just like not gonna talk about it until it's spoiled. Because we haven't had a preview card yet, but if we haven't would have get an awesome preview card and it would be leaked and everyone would know it already, I would be omega bummed out. Yeah. But this is like I mean, this might be like limited resources, tends to get like a bunch of draft commons and uncommons. So this might be their spoiler okay like sorry that your creature that pays four mana to tap something got leaked like we just want to talk about the mechanics a little bit yeah that's the whole reason i'm even interested in talking about this is i'm more interested in speculating on some of the mechanics than anything yeah agreed all right so the first thing we have is sinew dancer which is a one mana single white for a phyrexian soldier as a one one has you can pay four so three and a white to tap and then it taps target creature then it has a thing called corrupted it says corrupted and then you can pay a single white mana tap then tap target creature activate only if an opponent has three or more poison counters so you can get a cheaper version of tapping it so corrupted seems to be a thing that pays off of poison counters we know the poison counters are returning essentially in uh phyrexia all is one and if an opponent has a certain amount of poison counters, then your creatures gain corrupted, which is just, I would imagine it looks like it's going to have, you can do this for its full cost or you can do it for its corrupted cost. And it's just a This card would have weight. Now, this is probably just niche for this card, but this card would have had so fewer words on it. It just said the first ability just says this costs three less to cast if an opponent has three or more poison counters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Man, this card is wordy. But yay, poison counters returning, which is you know flavorful eh. with that. It is flavorful. I get to play Sir Finn thing. Oh, Finn, yay. Finn the Fangbearer. Yeah. Then we got some other shit. Uh, we got Thrumming Bird, which is a two mana one one flyer, deals damage, proliferate, proliferate. So cool. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck me. So many words. Proliferate is returning. That is the word I was trying to say. Say it with me, everyone. Ready? <gasps> Proliferate. Look at that. We did it together. We arrived to the ability to enunciate and pronounce words correctly. This card is ass, though. Don't fucking play it. Just be hyped that Proliferate is returning, and you get to uh, potentially do cool things with that. Next we have... Uh, what the fuck does this say? Quicksilver, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open. Okay, I, I'm trying to look at it. Quicksilver Fisher. I'm gonna, zoom, I'm gonna zoom in. There we go. Yeah, it's a Fisher. It's a Phyrexian Drake. It's a four-three common. It's bad. It's just, it just loots. It cares. It's five mana. Yeah. Uh, this one's really cool though. I think this one actually is the one that I think could have genuine constructed play for an uncommon. Uh, Furnace Punisher, three mana, two and a red for a three-three Phyrexian Warrior with Menace. It says, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Furnace Punisher deals two damage to that player unless they control two or more basic lands. So a kind of potentially cool way to punish people for not playing 
basics, like going. I feel color like it's too stuff. much as a three mana three three. Like it's too slow. Like if this was like a two mana three two, I'd have been a bit more, a bit more yeah. for it. But yeah. it's a warrior. But it makes sense in the design because it gives you as the mono red player the opportunity to not fuck yourself. Uh, though I guess if it was a two mana, it would still do the same thing, right? Because you yeah, play you turn two, mount two basics. Okay, yeah, I can't count. That's math is hard. Um, it is. So you know, but it, it could be kind of cool. It could be on the cusp of being played. Uh, then you have Sawblade Scamp, which I think kind of looks like a cool card in general. One mana, one one with haste for Exian Beast. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on Sawblade Scamp. Then you can tap, remove an oil counter from it. It deals one damage to each opponent. So we don't know what oil counters do. But I mean, it, it could just be as simple as this is just a counter that does things, kind of like how like uh, brick counters in Amonkhet were, yeah. where they didn't do anything independently. They just were a, a, a special, specific way of and like flavor a flavorful of the set. way to do it. Yeah. I think so, the brick counters, they were all like when st- structures were being built, yeah, so yeah, they got brick exactly. counters. But there wasn't a single card that interacted with brick counters. Yep. So it could be like that, or it could be something more than this. We don't know. But on face value, a 1-1 one, one for 1 haste that can act could as turn more into like a What is damage. that like? Well, it's like a 1-1 haste that could just get in and attack, but then it could start whittling your opponent away if they can't attack anymore because there's like your opponent dare to play it 1-2. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's sort of there, like he first hits you, and then when you get angry, he sort of like steps away and just starts throwing rocks at you. Then there's two that are out of frame. One of them is actually, we, we have that spoiler uh, that got released later, um, or leak. But the other one is, so it's there's Blight Belly something, and then there's Mere Convert. Um, the Blight Belly one we can't see, but the, the thing they both have in common is they both have Toxic 1. And they're both uncommon cards, so we don't get reminder text on these cards. We don't know what Toxic does or what it means. Um, but the Mere Convert basically just is a two mana card it's a colorless two one creature phyrexian mirror toxic one pay then says tap pay two life add one man of any color so that's cool i just don't know what the fuck toxic means um we've seen some speculation on it i but i i honestly i don't even have a good guess for for what it does maybe it's like a maybe it puts poison counters like if you attack with it because Poison infect is poison counters equal to the damage you deal. Mm-hmm. Poisonous already exists, which is just poisonous one means when it deals combat damage, one poison counter. Even if it dealt 10 combat damage, just one counter. So because this is numbered, my guess is that it does something when it dies. Because... That's sort of it's like, toxic, I was saying, like, the yeah. Phyrexian flavor, right? They die, the oil spills, like... But then again, if there are creatures that just say when they die, your opponent gets a poison counter, that sounds unbelievably obnoxious to play against. Maybe it's oil counters. Maybe it's when this creature dies, distribute X oil counters, where X are the number of... Uh, yeah, X is it, the toxicity it, 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 number. It could be, like, it dies, it does minus one, minus one counters on creatures. Yeah, we did see someone say so if it dies, like that one speculation was if it dies, put 
that many minus one minus one counters on something. Um, one person took it a step further and said, what if it's plus one plus one counters on your own creatures and then minus one on your opponent's creatures? But then maybe, I don't know. I mean, that would only it, make sense on like Phyrexians that would get one, one counter, uh, plus one plus one counters. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and then I think there's one more. Nope, that was all of them. That's all of them. That's it. We'll say though, whoever you are who leaked it, fuck you. <laughs> like I just, I just hate leaks. It's just I, so like I, I'm more bitter about the fact that one of these pictures uh, shows a giant stack of cards in the corner that looks like 30 cards, and I'm just like, well, why that's aren't like the you best thing they did. Those? Yeah, like, like give me, give me the rest of them. No. <laughs> Leaks suck. Like, these were, like, vanilla enough that I was fine talking about them. But overall, like, leaks suck. Don't leak. Even, like, it already feels like Brothers War is over. And that's not just because of these leaks. It's also because we've had a bunch of, like, I think, like, the packaging yeah. for the product has been spoiled. There were, like, sort of, like, a banner thing with Shieldred on it. And I'm like, has Wizards also Elfman. forgotten that we... Elish Norn, yeah. Has Wizards also forgotten that we still have Brothers War to go? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> when does spoiler season even start for Brothers War? Like, when do we actually start getting real spoilers? Next week. Amazing. Like, it's a great thing. Like, next, uh, I think, 31st of October, my article on playing Pioneer goes up. Like, my, uh, finally, I am back to writing articles. But two days before, or three days before, spoiler season starts. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm talking about cards from Dominaria United, which people will read after they've just gotten a few previews for Brothers War. So the timing's a little awkward, but, you know, I am writing a series. Like, it is, it, my return article is my next installment of Grixis Grabs, because I felt like, you know, a return to writing i'll write a sort of comfort article and also i wanted to do it for every set so i didn't want to miss out on dominaria united but writing it on the back end of a set definitely a little bit awkward hooray we get spoilers which we didn't get a we didn't get a preview card where's our preview card i don't even think playing pioneer got one right no. Which, like, um, fuck us, but, like, all the work that's put it at playing Pioneer. Like, these, these guys, did, like, Rose deserves a fucking spoiler card. Well, I mean, not just Rose, the whole team. Like, what yeah. they've... You know, I'm not writing for, like, two months, and these guys build an empire. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, they deserve a spoiler. I, if Yeah, the site does deserve a spoiler. Yeah, like, the site absolutely deserves a spoiler for all the work that they put in. Um, and that that's not us, you know, bullshitting as uh Oh, that's not like by fucking, proxy so I yeah. get a spoiler too. No, yeah. that's just like you know, if no, they get a spoiler the and they get, get yeah, and they get told like only two people get to see this and the rest has to wait too, I'm I'm fine. I don't care. You know what? If if there's any spoiler that the site should have gotten, the site should have gotten Liliana of the veil because it would have been because it, it would have made sense. It was the, it was new to Pioneer. It was a big deal that it was getting into the format and that would have been awesome for playing pioneer though we it is now play x network so it's not just pioneer they do things for standard yeah um, and things like that as also well. i think um, at that like timeline when they already know what's going to be and it's going to be a bit awkward but i would be surprised yeah. if playing pioneer 
I would be a little disappointed if playing Pioneer does not get a spoiler in the next in within like a few sets. Yeah, I because like at that point it's been long enough. It has to be on someone's radar at Watsi. At least like I know quite a few people who know the website. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I don't I don't know all the numbers, and if I did, I'm not going to barf all the numbers out there because I don't I don't want to get in, into any trouble. But like I cannot imagine. Like a lot of the articles, if they end up on the magic sub, the magic subreddit sometimes, or at least the pioneer one, they get a spoiler, which again they deserve. But I don't know, just just give the cool people that work hard a spoiler that they deserve, please. Just like us. So if anyone knows any way to contact <laughs> Blake or anything like that, and want to annoy any higher ups at Wizards that are in charge of uh, the. Uh, player relations and uh things like that and want to get us a spoiler or get our name out there and also you can shout out blake tweeted at me he knows i exist (laughs) there we go so alex you need to go tweet back at him be like where's my spoiler where is i wait it (laughs) but i think that's gonna do it for us here today you guys are awesome thank you so much for listening uh i have nothing else to add alex you have anything else to add Uh, we already did our ad read and all that shit no so uh i'm good Alright, you, you guys are awesome. We love you so much. And we hope you listen to us next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Mark.